Hi, this is Daniel Williams, host of the MGMA Insights Podcast. I want to share an exciting offering from MGMA, the Transformative Healthcare Delivery Certificate Program. It's an in-depth online learning experience December 6th through the 7th that provides healthcare leaders with the mastery of accountable care organizations, clinically integrated networks, commercial value-based care programs, and CMS's value-based care programs, including MIPS and APMs. So go to mgma.com events to attend this certificate program December 6th and 7th. And now, on to our podcast. From the MGMA in-home studios, welcome to the Insights Podcast. I'm Daniel Williams. I'm, I, I'm realizing I'm a changer, not a sustainer. So I like to go in and I like to fix organizations and then give them the tools that they need to be successful. Um, and then, you know, uh, train up the new guard and then the old guard moves out and the new guard comes in and they make it successful. We take it to the next level. That's Erica Helsel, Chief Operations Officer at Transformation Health Network, talking about her role as a change agent and how she helps practices transform. We'll hear more from Erica in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Zoll Data Systems AR, optimization solutions for healthcare. The Zoll AR Boost Solution Suite increases revenue from payers and patients in compliance with the No Surprises Act while reducing front-end workload and freeing up staff for higher-value activities. Zoll AR Boost tools find, verify, and correct patient demographic and payer information to reveal patients' unique financial characteristics and improve self-pay conversion. Visit zolldata.com slash ARBoost to learn how you can ensure no payments are left on the table. Our guest today is Erica Helsel, Chief Operations Officer at Transformation Health Network. Erica is our first person to interview in our new MGMA podcast, Member Spotlight, where we talk with practice leaders and hear about their stories and the stories of their organizations. If you're interested in being interviewed, email us at podcast at mgma.com. In our first Member Spotlight episode, we learn about Erica's pandemic odyssey that took her from Kansas to Hawaii, and we learn about her role as a change agent in the healthcare world. Erica, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so in looking over your uh, LinkedIn page and your other bio info, I see that you're Chief Operations Officer at Transformation Health network. First of all, where is this and what's the size and scope of the practice? So this is in Kailua, Kona, Hawaii on the Big Island. Um, And we've gone from being an urgent care to also a primary care. So we have about 35 to 40 employees. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. So that transformation took place recently then um, to take on the primary care side? 
Yes, we opened that up full time uh, May of this year. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Um, so moving forward here, uh, you and I were talking offline. You had mentioned to me that you made this huge move to Hawaii during the pandemic. Um, good for you. I'm jealous. But uh, tell us about that move. Tell us how that came about and what that transition has been like for you. Um, it basically came about like everybody else, right? The COVID hit. Um, people started getting laid off because nobody was able to be seen. Uh, at the time, I was working in a dermatology clinic. Um, and if it wasn't a necessity, then you didn't need to be there. And so what we saw is a lot of practices closing or having to reduce their staff. And so after a majority of us got laid off from one position, we just kind of filtered out and I'm just not, I've been working in healthcare for so long. I'm just not a stay at home mom anymore. My kids are gone. They have, I have grandchildren. Um, and I said, okay, well, let me look to see what I can do remotely. Um, interviewed for this position. They go, oh, it's not remote. It's, it's, I need you on island. And I thought, okay, um, talked to my husband about it. He was all for it. And we made the trek. That is just an amazing story. And gosh, I'm jealous. But uh, so <laughs> you hear this phrase, you're not in Kansas anymore, but you're really not in Kansas anymore. That's where you moved from. And so I wanted to ask you about that. Um, what have you found the healthcare is like in Hawaii versus Kansas or versus other states that you've practiced in previously? It is the lack of availability of providers um, and it is a lack of proper care. And when I say that, there aren't enough providers on this island. Um, there aren't enough to be sustainable on this island. The cost of living um, and not being able to have like a metro transportation route for individuals. The big island is very rural. And so um, when you have lack of providers, you're not gonna be able to get in to see a provider from six months to a year, especially if you're a new patient. Um, and then it's having access to it. How are you going to get there? And how are you gonna get back home? And so we see a lot of that here. Um, we see a lot of uh, chronic issues come to pass because of that. Um, and just gets worse from there. But that's what we're that's what we're seeing is a lack of availability of care. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Because you and I had talked offline this week, and you were telling me how um, I believe you were saying, based on your experiences at in other states, that Hawaii's healthcare system in some ways is even as much as a decade behind. Um, could you elaborate on that? So um, let me let me give you a little jump off point here. Okay. So I used to live in Alaska and did healthcare in Alaska, and Alaska is about three years behind what we what we call the lower 48, um, and that's in again access to care. So in Alaska, if we didn't have the services, we were able to fly them to Seattle or Oregon or California. Here, you can go to Oahu, but even Oahu is so inundated with with issues of healthcare. It does not guarantee you're going to get seen unless it's life-threatening. And even then it's going to take some hoops to get to get through. Um, and so that's part of the issue is not having having the segue to be able to refer somebody and get in in an appropriate amount of time. And it's not that the providers aren't willing, they're over, you know, they're overran. There's not enough to send them out. Um it's it's kind of one of those situations like this is the United States. How can we not have accessibility to healthcare? But that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. 
what a remarkable journey. So you've practiced in Alaska, Kansas, Hawaii. I, I cannot wait to hear where you practice next. You're going to the extremes of everything. It's just well, I'm, a, I'm a changer. And I'm, I'm realizing I'm a changer, not a sustainer. So I like to go in. I like to fix organizations and then give them the tools that they need to be successful. Um, and then you know, uh, train up the new guard and then the old guard moves out and the new guard comes in and they make it successful. We take it to the next level. I, since you mentioned that, I wanted to jump ahead to something else I want to talk to you about. Again, you and I were talking offline and you brought up some really interesting uh, aspects to being a healthcare leader. You said that one of the ways there is you found success through a program EOS. It's an entrepreneurial program. What is EOS? Tell us about that. Sure. Well, we were introduced um, to EOS by Craig Chong, um, who's in Fresh Leadership Ideas, um, who's actually a trainer for EOS. Now, what and does EOS stand for? Entrepreneurial Operating System. Okay. Okay. Thank you. And it was um, originally uh, taught by Gina Wickman. Um, and there's a book called What is EOS by Gina Wickman. It's a fabulous book to read. Um, but basically, it's about having the ability to look at people and not just say you don't fit. Right. So it's bringing people in, giving them that opportunity to try uh, something that they may not have a skill set for. But instead of letting them go, you move them around to, to put them where their skill set is. And that has helped us tremendously. Um, there are a couple core values, like everybody's a team player. Um, you have to get it, you have to want it, you have to have the capacity for it. And capacity is a learned thing. So it's not an automatically you must come in and have all these skills, um, but no one is above everybody else. We work as a team. So that means whether you're CEO, COO, CFO, you roll your sleeves up, you get in there and you do it too. Um, and we always learn and improve daily. Mm -hmm. each um, and so the goal is to bring people into an organization, find where they belong. So right seat, right person, find where they belong. And if that's the seat that they excel in, then you give them the tools to excel. If it's not, then you figure out what their gift set is and you ask them, what is it that you want to do or what do you like? And you move them to the next seat to see if that works. Now, sometimes it will work and sometimes it will not. It's not a hundred percent. And this isn't for the faint. I will tell you, this is it, it, until you really dive into it. It's about a two year program mm -hmm. um, before things really start to smooth out. And the goal isn't to reach a hundred percent. The goal is to reach 80%. That's the goal to at least get to at a minimum 80% to be successful. Um, it is one of those or one of those things that teaches you not to have death by meetings. You bring your leadership team in, um, whatever your accountability is and what you do, that's your that's your wheelhouse. Don't go outside that wheelhouse. Um, it's not an organizational chart that we utilize. It's an accountability chart. And that makes it easier so people don't either a cross lines or b take on too much. It also teaches not just leadership, it also teaches everybody underneath leadership how to only wear two hats. You cannot wear more than two hats and be successful. It doesn't work. It takes away from everything else that needs to be taken care of um, and where you need to put your focus at. What two hats do you wear? 
Um, I wear the the hat of a COO, and I wear the hat sometimes as a MA. It just depends. <laughs> if I need to clean the floors, I clean the floors. If I need to stock, I stock. If I have to do a Costco run, I do that too. Um, it it really isn't about titles. It's about focusing on what your mission is and what your vision is for the organization and utilizing that to the full extreme. Mm-hmm. When we think about it in the context of healthcare, because you you took me to that website when we met uh, this week and it's in the title. It's about entrepreneurial uh, mm-hmm. practices and thought processes and processes. And are we entrepreneurial enough in healthcare? Um, do we have that kind of entrepreneurial mindset where you do? Because you had mentioned earlier, you think of yourself as sort of a change agent. That's why you can go to Alaska and Kansas and Hawaii um, and make change and then move on to that next practice. So talk about that entrepreneurial spirit and how it can fit in this sort of aircraft carrier of uh, health care that we have. <laughs> Well, I mean, think about it like this. When you go into a physician's office or your dentist's office, if if roles were reversed, how do you want to be treated? Right. And and you want to always put your best foot forward. And so a lot of times when people get um, employed at a place, it's like we're a family and, and this is what we do. And and we stopped actually saying that we do call ourselves an Ohana. Right. But when you say things like that, what you're saying for some people, depending on what their background is, is we're dysfunctional, we're messy, we're this, we're that. Um, And we don't want that. What we want to portray is giving our best foot forward as if we owned it ourselves and as if um, it's money in our pockets or money out of our pockets. We give bad service. We don't see them again. Reputation spreads that way. And so you have to look at it as if it was your organization, what are you going to do with it? So EOS, while it may be in an a entrepreneurial uh, training method, it works across all facets, not just healthcare. Um, and it allows you to say, is this best practices? Would this work? Would I allow this if it, this was my own practice, if this was my, if I was the owner of this organization. And it puts you in that mindset to understand, like, you always want to go that extra mile. You always want to dig a little deeper. And there is no, that's not my job. That's the piece, right? Because in entre- being an entrepreneur, there is no, that's not my job. And it's putting people in that mindset. Okay. One of the other things you mentioned to me previously was something I just loved when you you brought this up right away when we were talking is treat your staff with kindness. So what does that look like in practice? Because it can be kind of dicey sometimes <laughs> in a medical practice. So how do you treat that staff with kindness and keep that consistency? Um, part of the reason that I said that was because I look at the I look at the opportunity that you give for individuals. It will, if you're bringing somebody new that's never been in healthcare before, do you just throw them to the wolves or do you ask them about themselves? Um, I, I mentioned to you before, I used to be in the military. Mm-hmm. And then my leadership had said to me, if your people aren't taken care of, it can cost lives. And it's the same mindset in healthcare. And so what that looks like is say good morning. Don't go in your office and close the door and don't say anything. Um, ask them how their kids are. 
ask them how their dog is, ask them how their parents are. And it's not about being nosy and trying to be in their business. It's making them feel valued because they are of value. You don't have a practice. You don't have a business if you don't value your employees. And sometimes that also means holding them accountable, but doing it in a way that it's always a teachable way, not a chastisement, um, not something degrading, but teachable and always start off with help me understand, right? Um, be reminded that they've worked for your organization. So celebrate those birthdays, celebrate their anniversaries, celebrate when they have babies, be there for them when they lose a loved one, be there for them when their child graduates and goes off to college for the first time. Those are simple things. They're not hard things to do, but it, your, your clinic will not function, your organization will not function if you cannot be kind to your employees um, and in that process, what you're doing is you're also teaching them and mentoring them how to do that and pay that forward. Mm -hmm. Well, perfect segue. I want to talk to you about mentoring and, and paying it forward. So you and I share a mutual friend, uh, Deb Wiggs, who over the years has just been an incredible ambassador and uh, leader within the MGMA community um, and, and a mentor for many practice leaders including yourself. So tell us about that. How did this relationship with Deb get started and what has her mentorship meant to you? Wow. Um, so I'm going to date myself here. I've known Deb now for about 25 years. Um, I met her when I first got out of the military and went into healthcare. And um, you know Deb. She goes around and she's, when she's trying to figure out a, a clinic, she does an assessment. And she spends an hour with everybody that she does an assessment with. And so we had a, a long conversation and she always started off with, help me understand why this, or why do you think this is appropriate here or not appropriate there? Um, and, and by the time she finished, she said to me, um, if you have any questions, feel free to call me. And I did, as I climbed up the ladder, <laughs> as I moved around, I would call her and go, this isn't working. What am I doing wrong? And she would say, look at it like this or do it like that. Um, Deb is phenomenal. Her wisdom um, turns organizations around. Um, but she also teaches that, you know, if you're not valued for what you know, um, or if it's not moving, if it becomes an immovable object, then you have to reassess and say to yourself, is this where I should be? You have to reassess and say to yourself, am I able to contribute more or have I hit a wall? And then go from there. And it's okay, right? Some of us aren't meant to stay in places a long time. And some of us are only meant, again, to be changers and not sustainers. And some of us are sustainers. So she's she's been phenomenal. She's been a great friend. She's been a great mentor. Um, and she's taught me how to mentor in that capacity, which I've been ever so grateful for. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. That's what I hear from so many people when they find a great mentor and they've benefited from that relationship then they do pay it forward. So talk about that. What have you done as far as seeking other uh, practice leaders out and other healthcare leaders and you serving that mentoring role? So I always love to get the ones that never have been in healthcare before, or they always are like, I'm just a receptionist. I only take, you know, I'm just a scheduler. And I turn those individuals to be confident and to speak up. A lot of times, you know, young leaders don't recognize the, the gifts that they have um, because nobody's uplifting them or asking them those questions. And so I always go, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to sit at the front desk for the rest of your life or until you move on? And they're like, no, I, I want to do this or I want to do that. And I'm like, great. 
So tell me what kind of timeline that looks like. Um, and having those conversations and moving forward and then recognizing um, when they go on to their next position or they even leave altogether, that they have the availability to come and go, how do I do this? What's happening? What do I need to do? Um, and giving them that verbiage that Deb uses, right? Because she imparts that in all of us when she trains us. Um, help me understand what does that look like? Um, what are your thoughts? Um, and always speak your truth. Mm -hmm. Your truth doesn't always have to be agreeable to other people, but always speak your truth. I love that. All right. Well, I have a final question for you then. So huh, I have to take a deep breath here. This is this is a good one. You will be attending MGMA's Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference in Boston. That's October 9th through the 12th. That is quite a trek from Hawaii. Uh, you may win the award for longest travel to get to the conference. I don't know. We're going to have to uh, do a survey of all attendees and find out. Uh, anyway, tell us what it is about this conference that would have you take the time out of your schedule and the distance covered here to uh, attend this show. Well, no matter where I'm at, you know, whether it's stateside or otherwise, um, I feel like the the conference always gives us the most up-to-date information and the availability for other leaders to come together and, and hash out all the issues we've had, right? For the last two years, we've not really had a conference because of COVID. Mm -hmm. so this will be kind of like for some of us seeing old friends that we would see every year at a conference, um, but also getting caught up on what the new legislature is. Um, some of the issues that we're all seeing with uh, change healthcare and um, with uh, lack of staffing, um, lack of providers, you know, just all the things we're all struggling with across the United States when it pertains to healthcare. And so I'm looking forward to the speakers. I always get a lot of, out of the speakers. Um, I'm looking forward to see Deb because I know she will be there as well. Um, but mostly it's the education component and it's the continued, I wanna say uplifting um, that we always get when we come out of MGMA. So, as we all start feeling tired, like we've been doing this for two years with COVID and so forth, we always come to, to the conferences and get this fresh, I like to call it fresh breath of air, right? Mm -hmm. To say, you can still move forward with this. You're not done yet. And there's plenty more to do. So that's, I'm really looking forward to the new educational components and, and seeing what's going on with legislature at this point. All right. Well, Erica, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast and sharing these thoughts and insights with us. Thank you very much for having me. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Insights. Thanks to our guest, Erica Helsel, Chief Operations Officer at Transformation Health Network. We also want to thank Zoll Data Systems for sponsoring this week's show. The Zoll AR Boost Solution Suite increases revenue from payers and patients in compliance with the No Surprises Act while reducing front-end workloads and freeing up staff for higher value activities. Zoll AR Boost tools find, verify, and correct patient demographic and payer information to reveal patients' unique financial characteristics and improve self-pay conversion. Visit zolldata.com slash ARBoost to learn how you can ensure no payments are left on the table. Also, registration for MGMA's Medical Practice Excellence Leaders Conference is now open. 
the conference is this October 9th through the 12th. So register soon and don't miss this opportunity to learn and advance your career. Head to mgma.com slash events to learn more. And if you like the show, please rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And to access all of our podcasts, go to mgma.com slash listen. And if you want to add to the conversation or suggest experts for us to interview, email us at podcast at mgma.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at mgma.daniel. Stay safe and thanks for listening. Hi, this is Daniel Williams, host of the MGMA Insights Podcast. I want to share an exciting offering from MGMA, the Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt Program. This seven-week instructor-led online course will explore lean techniques and evaluation processes with the goal to eliminate steps that don't add value to your organization. The Greenbelt Program runs from October 25th to December 13th and is eligible for 30 ACMPE and 30 CEU credits. Visit mgma.com green to learn more and to register today.